message from Wellsprings Congregation. Good morning, Wellsprings. It's so good to be with all of you. One of the things I enjoy about being in my 50s is the perspective I have on technological advancement. For instance, back in the early 70s, I remember the thrill of being able to play video games on our television set for the first time. We had joysticks that were connected to the TV with wires, and my three siblings and I would play Pong for hours. Pong was a game where the only job was to take this bar of light up one side of the screen and hit a ball of light to the other side of the screen where your opponent controlled the other bar of light. High-tech stuff. We were so amazed at this technology. And then a few years later, really sophisticated games like Space Invaders and Pac-Man came out. At the time, there were a lot of adults warning about the dangers of video games. Everything from how it would ruin our eyesight to Space Invaders' wrists to the fear that we were turning into a generation of mindless, ill-tempered adolescents. It turns out that the technological age was upon us and video games were essential tools for learning how to use and interact with computers and other devices. The tendency for older Americans to freak out over new technology is nothing new. We often hear about older generations complaining about the youth of the day, their music, the way they dress, their dependence on technology. Apparently, when writing was invented, the ancients worried that it would spell the end of memory. These stories remind me of the need for communication and connection among the generations. How do we bridge those gaps that often seem to be so wide? That's why I was drawn to our current message series, Heirloom Connections. We invited members of the congregation from different generations to get to know each other through sharing videos. Everyone knew before they started that Reverend Lee, Reverend Ken, and I would be watching their videos in order to incorporate some of what they had to say into our messages in this series. I had the privilege of watching videos between Gwen, who is five years old, and her video pen pals, Pete and Kathleen, who are 77 and 75. So when we're watching your video, and I do mean we, here's what's going on on the other end of this camera. Hi, Gwen. Just wanted to let you see how um, I and Kathleen and Kathleen's mom and also Goofball uh, attend all of these wonderful presentations. I was struck by two things as I watched the videos. First, how different things were 
in the 1940s compared to what it's like to be a five-year-old today? When I was five, we didn't have a color TV. Now, what's really interesting, though, is we didn't have any TV. Now, you see the TV that uh, I'm going to show you right here as um, a modern TV, the one that we've got in our house now. Let me turn the camera around so you can see. And that's just a standard flat screen color TV. I say I like to go back and look at the uh, photographs of what we had. So in 1943 until um, uh, when I was born, until the time when I was eight years old, uh, we didn't even have a TV in the house. And none of my friends had TVs. They just weren't all that common. But when we did get a TV in 1952, this is what it looked like. And it was a real interesting one. My mother was very proud of it because um, it took her a long time to be able to afford it. But it had a TV screen over here and the uh, knob to turn it on and off and change the volume was here. And the knob to change the channels and uh, get it in focus was over here. And at the time, we had um, four TV stations that were on, four channels that you could look at. And they were the networks, NBC, ABC, and CBS. And then since we lived in Gary, Indiana, which was fairly close to Chicago, we had radio uh, TV station uh, WGN uh, TV out of Chicago. And the interesting thing was that they didn't broadcast all day and all night like they do now. They broadcast starting in the morning about 6 o'clock, and the news would come on. And then there would be some programs through the course of the day. Around noon, most of the programs were for kids. We really liked that. That our gang comedies and Laurel and Hardy and a lot of the old time uh, shows um, because they didn't have a lot of live broadcasting at that point. Um, and then we could watch um, and listen to the radio. And the radio was this console over here. And before we had TV, most of what we did was we listened to the radio. And this particular console that my mother had bought, we had a phonograph here. And it would play 78 RPM uh, vinyl records. So that was what we had during, uh, during my time growing up. At five years old, Pete didn't even have a television set. Since then, we've gone from black and white TVs to color TVs to watching shows on our computers and even our phones. Did you know there's a Netflix watch? Yeah, since 2015, apparently. But now watch this. The beginning is video of Gwen with audio from Pete and Kathleen. But you'll get to hear Gwen, too. Back in 1958, when I took a train trip out to California with my mother, I noticed on the train platforms, the closer and closer we got to California, the more and more hula hoops I saw. 
with kids swinging them around and everything. And I had never seen them before. They hadn't been on the East Coast or even in the Midwest where I grew up. So I got home. I tried a hula hoop. And it never did anything for me but fall down around my ankles. I'm climbing my treehouse so I can fly. It's one of my favorite things to do. We call them a slide where you climb up to the top and sit down or go backwards or stand up or do whatever and down. Yeah, we had those. uh, I didn't have one at the house, but, but at school we had them. And then I had a swing set, and that was at the house and also at school. Using them. I love to swing. I've got better at pumping recently. And guess what? I can pump really high. I can pump higher. And how did you get better at pumping? I practiced. Wow. That's why I made a song about trying again. You might not be able to do it the first time, but maybe the second time. Some of Gwen's favorite things to do are things that Pete and Kathleen were also doing during their childhoods. There are enormous benefits of children growing up close to their grandparents. Children have a way of keeping us young as we age. And studies show that exposure to older, perhaps slower or less mobile people, help teach children empathy. I often hear about how in the United States, we have our priorities mixed up, that other cultures, collectivist cultures, like those often found, for example, in Asia or Latin America, are better because they sacrifice individual goals for the good of the group. Families in collectivist cultures are often portrayed as caring for and respecting their elders in ways we do not. Whereas in individualistic cultures like the United States, there's a perception that focus on personal goals is often pursued at the expense of older family members. This idea that individual autonomy is somehow a negative has always bothered me. Maybe it comes from my own story. When I was 17, I could not wait to graduate from high school and get out of town. I particularly wanted to get away from my dad. My dad loved me fiercely, and I loved him too. But he was very protective. I applied to six different colleges. One, Albright College, was a 15-minute drive from my parents' house. I don't even remember why I applied there. There was no way I was living at home and going to college. I toured Albright and loved it. Still no way I was going there. Then the financial aid package came in, and it was very generous. So my mom and I talked about it and agreed that what made the most sense was for me to go to Albright, but to live on campus. My dad did not like that idea. In fact, he 
told me that if I agreed to live at home, he would buy me a car. When I dug in my heels and rejected his offer, he was smart enough to cut his losses and the decision was made. It was the right decision for me. I needed to separate from my parents in order to come into who I was as a person, to figure out what I believed in, what I valued. And that didn't happen in four years of college, but college set me on that path. And I'm not the only one. Studies show that individualism promotes equality. Sadly, it's often the women and minorities in collectivist cultures who are doing most of the sacrificing. Still, prioritizing autonomy and self-determination does not mean that we have to turn our backs on the older generations. When my daughters were seven and five, I took them to the nursing home where, to visit my grandmother, their great-grandmother, or as they like to call her, grape-grandmother. We had been doing this semi-regularly, and on this particular visit, we, we arrived when grape-grandma was finishing up a meal in the dining hall. The kids ran up to her and both gave her great big hugs. With that, several other diners reached out their arms because they wanted hugs too. Okay, so let me pause here for a public service announcement. It is important to teach children and adults that we are each in charge of our own bodies. Just listen to our video pen pals. They had to teach me to ask, because otherwise, if I was just thinking I wanted to give a hug, I just want to grab people, but that's not right. And I'm taught to ask, and that's right. And uh, so my favorite person to give a hug to is, is obviously Grampy. And all my grandchildren, and the rest of my family, and everybody at the church who is going to be okay with hugs, how about a hug? And I wait. And if they open their arms, then I give them a hug. I like that. Other people, of course, I like a lot, but I'm a little hesitant to give out hugs uh, unless they ask me first, in which case I'm a pretty willing guy. It makes me happy when I give hugs. It makes me even happier when I get hugs. That's why I often like to give hugs. And who do you like to give hugs to? Mommy and Daddy, and sometimes my classmates. Mm-hmm. And what have we learned to do when we want to give someone a hug? Ask. Yep. And how do you ask? Do you want a hug? All right, cool. As it happens, my daughters loved hugs and happily went around the room hugging the nursing home residents. I was so struck by that scene. I imagine that many of these older men and women probably didn't get many hugs and were overjoyed to receive them from my bubbly, willing little girls. I'm not sure if my daughters understood then that they were doing something important, but I like to think they did. It certainly made an impression on me. 
I remember when my kids were even younger, around the year 2000, when we were living in New Hampshire, their preschool was moving across town. The board of directors of the school was talking about the possibility of moving into a building that also housed a retirement home. It was the first time I had heard of the concept of co-locating the care of our oldest and youngest members of society. But actually this idea has been around for a while. I found a story about a man in Japan who combined a nursery school for, with a home for the aged in 1976. It's so special when children get to spend time with their grandparents and great-grandparents. And that's not always possible. The older members of our families may not be around anymore, or the call of autonomy and following our own passions may lead us to live far away from them. But that doesn't mean that our children have to be cut off from older generations or that older generations have to be cut off from children. Co-locating childcare and nursing care is just one example of fostering those connections. It can take some thought and planning, but there are lots of ways to get the generations together. We have the opportunity to do more of this at Wellsprings with people of all ages. It can be a challenge to strike a balance between meeting the spiritual needs of adults and keeping kids engaged. You can see the signs of the good work already being done to find that balance though. From kids dancing in the aisles when our band plays, to all ages game nights, to incorporating the youth spirit yell into our online services. This very message series and the video pen pals that resulted from it are part of a conscious effort to connect people in different generations. I think we can do more. The kids in our congregation have so much life and energy to share with the adults. And the older kids could definitely teach most of us adults a thing or two about today's rapidly changing technology. Our older members have so much wisdom and life experience to share. I would argue that we can only go so far in meeting the spiritual needs of adults without engaging our children. Children are not separate from our spiritual needs. We recently updated our DNA. The things we as a congregation believe in and commit to. Part of our DNA states, our vision is that Wellsprings is called to make the world whole. Wholeness doesn't mean perfection to us, but it does mean healing what's broken, weaving together what's torn apart, and true to our universalist Unitarian Universalist tradition, not leaving anyone behind. I'm going to read that one more time. Our vision is that Wellsprings is called to make the world whole. Wholeness doesn't mean perfection to us, 
but it does mean healing what's broken, weaving together what's torn apart, and true to our Unitarian Universalist tradition, not leaving anyone behind. Yep, that sounds like us. The work of making the world whole is never ending. Every day, we older members are passing the torch to others. The young people in our congregation literally are our future. We need to continue to reach out to one another. Adults can volunteer with Youth Spirit, not just to keep the kids occupied, not just to teach them, but to learn from them, to connect with them, to honor them as the ones who will carry the work we do on into the future, the ones who will continue to make the world whole. I don't have all the answers, but we owe it to ourselves to try. This is an original song by Gwen encouraging us to just try. And on that note, I'll say amen. Will you pray with me? Spirit of love, that is the ultimate connection among and between us. Be with us as we learn to be with each other. Amen. And may you live in blessing. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's wellsprings, the letters uu.org.